This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. YT Productions. Yeah. I love my HBCU and bar. I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU and man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. And who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson, and you gon' learn a day, you gon' learn a day, how your team they play, how they play, boy, you gon' learn a day, how your team they play, how they play, play, yeah, we represent that swag, that meag, and let me say, say, what's up to Tennessee, stay safe, tune into the agency sports lab, with Dr. This is Dr. Ville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Man, welcome to episode 169. Man, it's the week before. It goes down. It goes down. It's about to be real. Welcome to episode 169 of Inside the HBC Sports Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU diaspora, all things HBCU sports from institutions large and small, from NA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture and HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kavir, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We are filming from our home studio, as well as sending a signal live to KCOH 1230 AM studios with Texas Radio Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, let me say, Mike, how you doing today? Oh, not bad for a Tuesday. It could be worse. Well, you know, the work week moves on. But, man, I am so ready to start this thing we know as college football. HKH, uh, the HBCU season kicks off this weekend. I can't wait. So I'm excited. Uh, so I'm ready. I'm ready to put all my work stuff aside and let's, let's get it. Let's get it. Charles, what about you? The man, Mike, said he ready to go to work. He said it's for real. It's go time. It's work time. It's go time. It's time to put on your hard hat because the season is upon us. We've got Swag Meak Challenge this weekend. Next weekend, Orange Blossom Classic, a bevy of games. Uh, this is the time of year you really get excited to get a little football in your system. So uh, it's going to be fun. This is going to be a, a very consequential year within HBCU football. Great point that you're making there, and that brings me right into it, but I'm going to take it from one football terminology. I'm going to actually take it to the football in terms of the pitch, as they say in the vernacular for those that don't really understand the pitch. I'm sure what our sports fans, as they know, they understand that we're talking about American, as we call it, soccer. How about Howard Soccer draws record crowd again versus Hampton? Women's sports. I was so excited to see this. I had to lead off on of it. I know a lot of yeah. folks out there like, y'all, y'all supposed to be getting hyped for football. Yes, we're getting hyped for football. But football as in soccer, you know, Mike, as he spent his time traveling around the world, including Germany, you know, he got a real lesson, if you would, in terms of the 
fever and the pitch of football around the world as they talk about uh, magnitude. But this here is what really was intriguing to me was obviously the crowd was excited, but they had 3,200 spectators. Obviously the largest home gathering in the program's history. Uh, it was held Monday contest was the first home match at Green Stadium for the program since September 15, 2019. The crowd was phenomenal, as you imagine, was said by women's soccer head coach Brent Lidia uh, after Monday's victory, where they won, as we said, three to one over the rival, the battle of the real HU, as many people would say, in terms of the pigskin. But they're still having it. How was on the attack throughout the staying in Hampton's territory more than 75% of the match? They didn't score until after halftime when a freshman, uh, Malaya, out of California, delivered the first goal of the night and put the Bison ahead at the 47-minute mark, 1-0. to They went on, as, we, as I said earlier, to win the game 3-1. to Fascinating. I'm going to go to you, Charles. What are your thoughts? Is this an indication of what may take place as far? What 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 gives? Thirty two hundred. I mean that that's a fascinating number, and and, and the question that I ask is is this this pent up uh, fervor uh, in terms of getting ready for fall sports uh, that you're hoping to see? I mean, you get thirty two hundred uh, there for a women's soccer match on the campus of, of Howard, uh, I, and the question that I have to that's kind of rolling around in my head is. Uh, is the sporting public, is the sporting fan, even amidst the virus, are they ready to uh, be uh, uh, back in stadium? So uh, I think it's a fascinating, you know, uh, thought-provoking look at, you know, whether uh, fans are ready to get back in front of uh, their sporting events and, and enjoying them. Wow. Yeah, I like the way that you bring that in. Is this an indication of what we may expect? The rest of the fall, obviously dealing with uh, COVID-19 and the various variants. But if this is in the indication, basically all I can say is, wow. Mike, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's incredible. I think it's good news. Um, the one thing I will add to CB's statement is, you know, you're scratching your head. Is this, is this part of this, this, this ongoing wave of people just wanting to get out and catch sports? The other thing is, is this part of this wave of folks, this this social conscious to support HBCU institutions and activities? It is a is it a combination of both? The other thing, spending time in, in, in Europe and learning soccer and looking at other similar sports, I don't I hope fans have an appreciation for when you spend 75% of the time on the attack. Imagine a basketball game where the team with the ball spends more time at the other team's end of the goal shooting baskets, whether they hit, miss, whatever. They had more shots on basket, in this case in soccer, more shots on goal than Hampton. So that's pretty big in soccer. It's pretty big in, in uh, sports like hockey or lacrosse or, or even basketball where you have a team spending more time on the attack in the other that means your defense is going to get tired. So that's a testament to, to Howard's team as well. So give them kudos, aside from the large audience, give them kudos for the match they played as well. Yeah, I was so excited. I wanted to jump on that. Uh, before I jump and stay with women's sports, I did want to say today's show will be a good one as we discuss the latest HBCU news, as you just heard, record spectators for a soccer game. We'll have Mr. John Grant, Executive Director of the MEAC SWAC Challenge and the Celebration Bowl, obviously talking about the MEAC SWAC Challenge this week, which brings me back uh, to Hampton. None other than Moni Davis, who plays for Hampton softball team. She got a chance uh, as um, a Little League World Series legend in her own right. Uh, she pursues a broadcasting career, and she got a chance to get in front of the mic and give some update this past Sunday when you had the uh, game between the Little League World Series and obviously they played the Major League game uh, in that area as well. So it's fascinating. She did a wonderful job. Great information to see that. But what I wanted to get your thoughts on was Southern University Athletics has named the football field 
after Pete Richardson. This is courtesy of GoJagsports.com. Um, and the first article that I reviewed in terms of Hampton and Howe was cur- courtesy of HBC Game Day. So I wanted to give some love in terms of what's going on there. So I, that was fascinating in so many different ways of what's taking place. With that being said, I did want to get your thoughts. I'll stick with you, Charles. You know, I know how you have your feelings with Southern, but I imagine in a lot of ways this hit home in terms of your reverence for excellence that Coach Pete Richardson did at Southern University during that time. Gave you many frustrations, but uh, certainly had to um, acknowledge what he was able to do. What are your thoughts? Uh, Very deserving. Uh, Tremendously deserving. Surprised it it, kind of took this long for for it to happen. But uh, when you take a look at uh, uh, Coach Pete Richardson's imprint on Southern uh, football, and and let's be honest, uh, before he got there, there was a malaise in, in, in Southern football. And Pete Richardson really started in the, in the 90s, in the, in the early 90s, really was able to uh, raise their profile again. I, I know uh, for me, uh, of course, yeah, very frustrating, you know, but uh, those Jackson State Southern uh, battles in the 90s uh, going into the 2000s were, were really epic. And, uh, you know, he was a, a very worthy uh, uh, opponent. Uh, always had Southern's teams uh, very prepared, very disciplined. Uh, you knew that you were going to get four quarters of a football team that was going to fight, uh, you know, throughout. And they were just very good, very uh, – I, I can't be anything more than complimentary of Southern football during that time period because, uh, you know, they – in so many ways, they became the standard of, of what uh, you had to go through to get to the SWAG championship. And to that point, you know, to have great rivalries, which I think is inarguable to talk about the rivalry between Southern University and Jackson State, it goes through multiple sports, but the face of that in a lot of ways is football. But the only yeah. way you get those rivalries is if you have legendary coaches facing off each other, creating legendary matchups, legendary players. So uh, to your point is the fact that one of the reasons that you – muster all that excitement for Southern is the fact that they were equal to that counterpunch, if you would, using a boxing analogy. With that, let me let Mike chime in here and see if he has any thoughts in terms of naming the field. We've seen this done here at Texas Southern University, which coached more than court. Um, so fascinating in a lot of ways to see legends uh, get their due in a different way. One time it was about naming the facilities. Well, you get away with that a little bit in terms of seeking maybe potential naming rights for facility, but now you see it transitioning to the playing surface. So I thought that was cool, but I want to get Mike's thoughts on it. So, so yeah, I think, you know, on, on a historic level, it links to historic coaches, you know, and, 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 and Mumford and, um, and Pete Richardson. And you have to, you have to realize I grew up in that era, you know, there was, you know, we were transitioning from kind of the Eddie Robinson era. It was kind of like overlap into the Pete Richardson era. And there was overlap and there was a battle. And, you know, I always ask a lot of our guests, when did you first fall in love with HBCU sports? Kind of symbolic of that, that um, brown sugar question. Um, but I always, I, you know, my first experience was Southern football. Um, as I had a Southern alumni who was recruiting me. And I saw Pete Richardson's teams who won, who ran the spread offense. So they won national titles there. So I think it links him and Mumford. I think it's, um, I think it, I think it carries more than just the naming of the field. You know, it's symbolic from my, from my, from my, and, and if you're a fan of the, a fan of the game, you've got to appreciate the board's decision to name it, you know, in Pete Richardson. I mean, he did so much for the university, but, I mean, he did so much for the game in and of itself. So, I'm sorry, CB, you look like you're about to jump, jump in. Well, no, I mean, when you take a look at uh, when Pete Richardson comes into Southern, uh, it is uh, post-WC Gordon, uh, uh, who was, you know, kind of the next in that uh, pantheon of great coaches in the swag. And, uh, Eddie Robinson uh, uh, and, and WC Gordon were adversaries. When you take, take a look at Pete Richardson era, uh, you're talking about, uh, Pete Richardson going against Big Daddy Carson in Jackson State. They just some epic battles there in the 90s. Uh, and, and then the first SWAC championship, 
you know, uh, Southern and Jackson State 1999. So, you know, those are the things that you, you know, keep in mind uh, that those those Southern teams were extremely formidable. So, uh, you know, kudos to Pete Richardson because I, I think for quite some time in my head, the template for whatever the, the Jackson State coach or staff should be kind of mirrored what I, I thought some things I, I saw Southern doing. Uh, Pete Richardson coming from Winston-Salem State. So in my head, I was always looking for, you know, the potentially the next person up coming from the D2 ranks that had, you know, won there and that could be a cultural fit uh, for Jackson State. But, you know, uh, you take your hat off, Pete yeah. Richardson, one of the and, better coaches that we've seen. And you talk about continuing a legacy, I mean, you, you look at it, you know, A.W. Mumford won, what, five black national comp, uh, championships, 11 SWAC championships during his 26-plus year reign. And then Richardson jumps on in the midst of the Eddie Robinson era, as you alluded to, CB. And, you know, he coached Southern to five SWAC titles and four black national uh, championships. So, you know, he, you're talking about continuing a legacy, that tie, that's what I mean, tying the two together. I, I don't think you can separate the two, but tying the two together, I think it's symbolic. Great, great points by both. This is Dr. Cavill inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back heading into the second quarter. Stick with us. Ladies and Pepsi Zero Sugar, Sunday, August 29th, 4 o'clock, NRG Stadium in Houston, featuring the hottest HBCU marching bands, Southern University, Langston University, Tennessee State, Norfolk State, North Carolina A&T State, Texas Southern, Bethune, Cookman, and Jackson State. Don't miss the battle on the field and the stands with scholarships. Over $500,000 in counting for our HBCUs. It's an HBCU experience you don't want to miss with a weekend of activities with, with the Cracker Barrel, Barrel Stab and Stroll, Pepsi Zero Sugar Emerging Experience, Esports, Masterclass, and Gaming Tournament, and the free Pepsi Zero Sugar College and Health Fair. Tickets start at $15. Get them right now at NationalBattleOfTheBands.com. It's the Cracker Barrel National Battle of the Bands. Sunday, August 29th, NRG Stadium, Houston. Dates open up at 2.30. Also sponsored by Cricket and HEB. NationalBattleOfTheBands.com. Get your tickets right now. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. Football bands and one of the best fan experiences in the country. The Cricket BX Swack Challenge kickoff returns to Atlanta on August 28th along with special guests. College game day. Then Alcorn State takes on North Carolina Central with conference bragging rights on the line. Center Park Stadium is the place to be on August 28th. Come tailgate all day before enjoying a primetime matchup on the gridiron. You don't want to miss this. Check out MeaxWackChallenge.com for more information. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to MyJBN.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We're talking a little bit about various HBCU sports. Great comments in the first quarter. Let's get back into it. Big game this week is SWAC MEAC Challenge matchup. Uh, but courtesy of the SWAC.org and MEAC SWAC Challenge itself, was the fact that there was a little bit of a tease of matchups to come. Uh, going all the way up to 24, and for SWAC, actually going all the way up to 25. So um, just reported was uh, John Grant talking about the executive director of this cricket celebration boat, cricket SWAC MEAC challenge kickoff, if you would. 2022, before we get in a little bit of this 2021, you're 2022 in Atlanta, you will see Alabama State and Howard. Fascinating matchup. Uh, I was really getting down there. I think this will be their first game uh, in the Mid-Swag Challenge. 2023 will bring back none other than Jackson State. They will face off with the nice regional Miac 
rival in some degree, South Carolina State. And then in 2024, and you and Norfolk State, you get a previous matchup would have been consistent of MEAC, but fam, you now remember SWAC, well, debut as a SWAC member in the MEAC SWAC Challenge against Norfolk State in 2024. 2025, they do not have the MEAC team, but they say Southern has is committed to the 2025 game. Be interesting, kind of unfortunate that uh, no 2024, because that would have been fascinating in many different ways. Got that matchup, but I guess they'll just have to find a way to get it done if you're a Southern fan. It is. Certainly for those Norfolk Spartans out there, they want to see it happen in celebration, but maybe as early as this year. Uh, but I know Prairie View, Jackson State, Alabama A&M, FAMU, even Bethune-Cookman would like to see, not see that place, I should say. But what are your thoughts in terms of the MEAC SWAC Challenge, starting with you, Mike, uh, with some of these matchups going all the way to 2025 uh, in many different ways? What are, what are your thoughts? Any of these games in particular or overall? No, I, I like the, the matchups are – uh, you know, really intriguing. So the first one is starting in 2022, Alabama State to to face Howard. That's going to be an interesting matchup, not on just on the gridiron, but just uh, if you look at, it'll be interesting to see how the fan mix works. You know, how Howard's fan base uh, responds, because has Howard been in a swack Neak challenge? To, to my knowledge, I don't think so. So how would they face kind of a traditional swag powerhouse? So I thought it was initially kind of good to introduce the Northeast part of the, the MEAC to the SWAC. Um, so I think that's the, the matchup that really intrigues me the most. Um, you know, yeah, I, Howard claims to have a homecoming. They claim to have kind of a tailgate. I want to see what that looks like. Can they <laughs> I just want to say, I haven't seen much of a Howard. I've been to a Howard homecoming. I've been to Howard tailgate. I'm sorry, Howard fans. Let me let me repeat. It's nothing to brag on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a one day aspire or BET video. That is it. So good, <laughs> but good for you. But I, I think that event. You need to bring a little bit more to the fire. So that's the one event. All the others look pretty good. I think it's interesting that, you know, three or four years out, Southern's committed. We don't have a, a MEAC commit kind of scratching your head on that one. So those are my initial thoughts on it. Yeah, you sure did go initial. Man, all them Howard fans out there, <laughs> they, got, they got beat up when they're dealing with the HU. They did get a soccer win, but – Mike was like, not so fast <laughs> with the homecoming. He's saying it's just a big time video. <laughs> hey, all that swack arrogance just came out in that one statement. Just <laughs> <laughs> So, Charles, beside the 2023 matchup between Jackson State and South Carolina State, what other matchup is fascinating you? And then once you do that, come back and give us – uh, what do you think the crowd will be like for the Jackson State, South Carolina State in 2023? Two part. Uh, I think Mike touched on it because we haven't seen Howard in the, in the Swag Meag Challenge. Uh, and I think that'll be fascinating to get an early glimpse of, uh, of what Howard looks like. I think uh, that, for me, with this uh, Meag Swag Challenge, is the fun part is to, uh, you know, get those teams from opposing conferences that you don't normally see those matchups. That That's the n number one thing that jumps out at me. But uh, to actually get an opportunity to see how early in the season to see, you know, I, I say September is, you know, kind of the you get your your early teaspoon of what a, a team looks like. So um, I'm looking forward to getting that early teaspoon with, uh, with regards to Howard. Uh, Jackson State and South Carolina State, uh, there was a little bit of a historical tie-in. You know, uh, Jackson State's former head coach, James Carson, he came from South Carolina State. W.C. Gordon brought him on staff. So uh, you have uh, some of that there. Uh, there's a little bit of a history there. I, I'm looking forward to that matchup. South Carolina State and Jackson State have had some pretty decent matchups uh, over the years. Uh, but when you talk about crowds, I, I, I don't need to say anything. You saw what Jackson State did in 2019. They, they bring a crowd. Atlanta uh, is a home 
field advantage, I think, for Jackson State. They absolutely. Uh, they they uh, we we hit the road pretty well. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that uh, in Atlanta. Looking forward to it in Miami uh, next week. Uh, yes, even Charles, we might Charles and my, we might have to tag along with you on that trip. We're gonna we're gonna get in there. It's fascinating. <laughs> I love the way Jackson State gets down. Yeah, you know, I love the way Southern gets down. I can't wait to mingle with some fan you folks in terms of how they do their thing. And that's why when you talk about Miami, oh my goodness, that will be legendary yeah. uh, in many different ways. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this break and see if we can get John Grant in, Executive Director of Cellar, talking about the MEAC SWAC Challenge. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Nightwatch and Charles Bish. Stick with us. We'll take a quick break and bring you back in with the interview. Yes, that sound means it's time once again for the 36th annual Labor Day Classic. Featuring the Prairie View A&M Panthers versus your Texas Southern Tigers for the Battle of the Lone Star State on Saturday, September 4th. Kickoff, 7 p.m. at BBVA Stadium. Don't forget the halftime battle of the band as the TSU Ocean of Soul take on the PVAMU Marching Store. Tickets are available online at www.tsusports.com slash LDC tickets. Let's bring the Knicks Durley Traveling Trophy back to its rightful home. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Live with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. We have our guest. He is in the building in the studio. However you want to say it. We have Mr. John Grant, Executive Director of the Cricket Miak Swag Challenge, as they like to say in East Park, Swag Miak Challenge, as well as the Cricket Celebration Bowl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whack folks getting a little excited over here, man. They got little big heads, so, you know, they just change the name up. Mr. Grant, how's it going? I'm fantastic, man. You know, I've, I always feel fortunate when I'm when I'm on this show, you know, with, with all of this, you know, these heavyweights. You know, um, it's, it's, it can be a little bit intimidating because, you know, the here, you know, you got to bring game when you're on this show. So I'm happy to be here, though, because we got game to give. <laughs> no doubt about it. Let's jump in there and talk about it. Before we get into this particular matchup and the things around it, because there's so many different types of events, big time announcements has been coming out, trickling out. I love the way you do it. The last trickle out was a, a tease to more Swag Miak Challenge all the way up to 2024 in terms of both Miak Swag. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, in terms of Swag, you have up to 2025, which will include Southern. Uh, but uh, some of these matchups, Alabama State, Howard, 2022. Jackson State, South Carolina State, 2023. FAMU, Norfolk State, 2024, as FAMU debuts as a Swag team in the uh, MEAC Swag Challenge. Um, that's the cricket MEAC Swag Challenge with that. Before we go any further, tell us a little bit about how do you go about looking at the matchups when you put them together? What? Um. Okay, come on, baby. I appreciate you just being How they say, I appreciate you shooting it straight to it. <laughs> it's like rolling dice. Um, no, actually, we um, there. there's a process that we utilize. It, it involves, obviously, consultation um, with our, uh, with the conference commissioners. Uh, we look for, you know, uh, matchups that are, that are, that where we can uh, be somewhat regional gives fans an opportunity to drive in. It's an easy reach um, so where, you know, for instance, with Alabama state uh, Howard, 
it's been a long time since Alabama State has played in Atlanta. Um, you know, matching them up against Howard equally as much so. Uh, we think that's a great matchup. These teams haven't played each other in, if they ever have. Um, so, you know, it's a great opportunity to put them together. And then when you, in 2023, um, when you're looking at, you know, Jackson State and South Carolina State, two great programs, um, we look with that one, we can say, you know what, well, look, Coach Prime come, comes home, not home to Miami, but his <laughs> professional home, which is yep. Atlanta, because he played both with the Atlanta Braves and with the Atlanta Falcons. And so we know that that'll be an exciting matchup against, you know, a great program that South Carolina State has. And then, of course, um, the Florida A&M Norfolk State matchup uh, is one that, that we believe um, – with the new coach there, Dawson Odom's coming out of the SWAC. They've got a great program at Norfolk State and certainly um, Florida and m And with Coach Simmons, they've got a fantastic program there. We feel like that's just a match made in heaven to get those two, um, which would be former MEAC foes back together. But now they're playing uh, on opposite sides of, you know, uh, of the fence, so to speak, uh, with, with, with uh, Florida and m and the SWAC. So we think those are games that people want to see um, they, they're, and certainly games that um, would generate the excitement um, with, within each of the conferences. Charles, go ahead and follow up with a question. Uh, you know, I know you. there's uh, things, Mr. Grant, that you uh, sort of uh, give uh, fans a special something each year with either the uh, MEAC Swag Challenge or the Celebration Bowl. But uh, what can fans look forward to this Saturday with regards to uh, a, a, a ESPN events, MEAC Swag Challenge uh, gift that you give to HBCU football? Well, and that's a great question, Charles. Let me tell you that this weekend will be the from 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 a total live audience perspective, and um, it's going to be the biggest weekend in the history of HBCU football. When you look at uh, the fact that we're, we're going to be starting off Friday morning, and I'm going to talk about it from a content and exposure perspective um, that, that television provides. You know, we, we've got Good Morning America here. That's a new announcement. You guys haven't heard that one, but wow. that's new. Good Morning America will be here, right here uh, early wow. to, to, to kick it off Friday morning. They're going to be doing some cutting in from here in Atlanta. They're going to have somebody on the ground here. We roll out of that, which is, you know, uh, Good Morning America. We know that's, that is, a, is one of the top morning shows uh, on ABC, but it's the top morning show, period. Um, we roll out of that into um, First Take, which is a two-hour show that's going to be opening the show right here from Center Park Stadium um, with another two hours of, of, of um, you know, television coverage. And then we've got College Football Live that we'll be broadcasting from here. Desmond Howard hosting that on uh, Friday afternoon for an hour. Then you open Saturday morning with uh, College Game Day, which is the largest you know, college football show um, today. And that's another, um, from 9 to 12, another three hours of television coverage. And you haven't even gotten to the game broadcast yet, which is in prime time on seven at 7 p.m. on ESPN that brings you another three and a half hours worth of television coverage. So this weekend, without question, uh, will be the largest weekend uh, of exposure in, in the history of HBCU football with uh, this year's Cricket Miak Swack Challenge kicking off all of college football in week zero. Did that answer your question, gonna... um, Charles? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> was that was that uh, was that enough to give to give fans? And then you know that doesn't even include. I haven't even included what's going to happen on the ground yet. But but I think that right there speaks volumes. You know for 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 this for this weekend. Yes, sir. It does. That, that's huge. Huge. As they say, huge. 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 <laughs> in Texas, we Mike, say big old. In Texas, we say big old. Big, big old, right. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Ask the question. 
Uh, yeah, Mr. Grant, just to kind of tee off that, I mean, with all of these tremendous events, uh, surely there's, I know there's, you've had the opportunity to put your touches, your accentuations on, well, you know, whether it's Good Morning America or the part that, you know, uh, you know, other ESPN uh, shows are going to cover, you know, have, was there a focus to, to bring out different parts of the HBCU experience in all of those different shows? Did you have, can you share what other parts of the HBCU culture and experience will kind of come out in Good Morning America or some of the other shows? And did you have a say show? I mean, this is, this is really exciting. Well, you know, I look at what we do, uh, my team and I, you know, we're in the content creation business. And, the, you know, this game and football happens to just be content that's consumed by people, whether they're there live consuming it in person or whether they're consuming it on their on their mobile device or whether they're consuming it, you know, through through linear television. It's nothing more than content. And that content is based around storytelling. So we really, our goal is to make sure that we're telling the stories, whether it's the stories of student athletes, the stories of, of you know, alumni that are making a difference that have attended and graduated HBCUs, the stories of students that are attending HBCUs today, the relevance of HBCUs and the impact that they're having um, you know, in this country and around the world. So it, we're all about making sure that we're telling the critical stories as we create the, this content um, and this platform with uh, all the shows that I've mentioned gives us an opportunity to educate the nation and the world on the value of historically black colleges and universities and the contributions they're making to the fabric, not only of our country, but, but, but the world. And so that's really the, the orientation. We want to make sure that young people that are out there who are considering, you know, higher education, that, you know, the first thing that comes to their mind for, for us is an HBCU as a part of their consideration because of what, what they can learn and what it can, what these universities provide. Tremendous. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Grant. We just happen to do it around football. I, I, I know it just it just it just so happens. I mean, you are illuminating completely the HBCU experience. This is this is phenomenal. And you have them going over here in the chat as they moving back and forth. They're trying to figure out who gets credit for Good Morning America. Is it Texas Southern University? Is it Michael uh, Strahan? Is it Michael Strahan or is it FAMU, the executive uh, director? That happens well, to be let's, a member of Delta Sigma State. I was like, well, you know, you do have executive director, John Grant, that kind of has a little bit of muscle that's pulling some strings. <laughs> you, you know, the beautiful thing is that when we can we can say that um, our, univ our institutions get credit. The great, you know, we, we've got, you know, the, the um, head of uh, ABC News is a Florida A&M Rattler. Yep. We do have Texas Southern, that's a part of the, the talent that's there. And there are other people that are that are a part of the fabric of that particular show. And then certainly, of course, you know, you know, Aggies do. So I won't, I won't say who's an Aggie in the mix, but <laughs> Aggies do. So it, the, the credit doesn't, the beautiful thing about all of this, that the credit doesn't lie in one place. And that's the beauty of our institutions. You know, whether you went to Prairie View A&M that I'm seeing in your background there or, or Jackson State, which I know um, Charles is going to talk about, or whether you're part of Texas Southern um, or you're part of North Carolina a and It's all one fabric, one fabric woven together um, and stitched together to make, you know, something that's really special. And that's what I love about, you know, I love about what I do. And I love about the commitment that ESPN has and, and the Walt Disney Company, what the Walt, the commitment the Walt Disney Company has in bringing those stories forward. 
important points that you're making there. I want to go back to some more activities. You talked about the creative content side of it in terms of vision of getting this to so many people, but you also have the vents on the ground. Share a little bit about some of the vents on the ground that people can expect when they make it to Atlanta. And a big part of what we do is how we impact community and, and being embedded in the community. You know, we start tomorrow in partnership with the city of East Point with, with the big initiative celebration they call Wind Down Wednesdays. It's a huge concert uh, in the park in East Point. So we're part of that. Um, then on Thursday, uh, we have our high school symposium where we'll be at um, um, Westlake High School, Cam Newton's um, high school where he graduated from. And uh, that's, you know, we have a, uh, some sessions there where we're bringing, again, content, educational content, financial literacy, managing social media, career opportunities, and, 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 and leadership development to the high school uh, seniors there. And then we've already committed over 500 seniors. where We're going to be uh, juniors and seniors, but the seniors at that school are all, uh, we have corporate partners that are sending all five of them, 500 of them to the game on Saturday. So they're going to get a bonus from that. Uh, on Friday, you know, we have these shows we mentioned, and then we have, um, we're partnering with the Atlanta Braves for their, their annual HBCU night. HBCU night at Truist Park with the Atlanta Braves, huge uh, event there. And, and they, they make a, uh, that's a significant um, program that they do around celebrating, acknowledging, HBCUs, and we're, we're proud to be a part of that with them. And of course, we, you've heard us talk about Saturday morning, the biggest college show on, on earth with college game day, Wakes Up Atlanta and Wakes Up America, as we are welcoming the full season of college football back from here in Atlanta with um, college game day. And that's free. And we're also with that, we're, we're giving of providing the first 1,000 fans that show up will get tickets to our game. And we're doing that again to connect with community um, to, for people to understand how important that is. Now, during college game day, we announced this week that, we're gonna, that we have Grammy-nominated um, a group, Migos, will be performing live during the show. And then after the show at 12, they're going to be performing as well. And they'll be at the game at, um, at 7 p.m. And then we have, let me take a deep breath. I'm not quite finished yet, but I'm getting close. Um, the the Coca-Cola fan experience, we've closed down Georgia Avenue in front of Center Park Stadium, and we're turning it into a major street festival. Um, that's our, our fan experience that will run from 1 until 6. And then at 7, uh, 7 p.m., we're kicking off um, with this great game with um, – Alcorn State versus North Carolina Central University, two teams that have not played before in, in their history. And I know both of them are chomping at the bit to get back on the field because they haven't played uh, since 2019. And I've had conversations with both coaches and with players on both teams. And let me tell you, they cannot wait to get on the field on the gridiron um, and, and, and entertain us with, with, you know, with some of the, I think, best football we're going to see opening up the season mm. well I and then of course atlanta adds everything else now. to that I can't when you come all. when you come to the a you know you don't have to do a whole lot here because the a brings its mm. its, its, its own flavor and hey, um so and we're excited about that mr grant you you, you had me at wind down wednesdays i mean <laughs> 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 that's, that's where you had me <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm looking uh, forward to seeing you guys here. You know, um, you and and I want to thank you all because you you have been tremendous in terms of what you do to to keep the lights on. When 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 no one else was shining a light or the lights were somewhat dim, you guys um, and and programs like yours kept, you know, the the voices uh, alive. You kept the lights on for what we can see. And so we're just delighted now to amplify the work that you've been doing, you know, for quite a long time. And my hats go out off to you because we cannot do this without you. It, it can't happen 
without you and programs like yours and your peers that are telling the stories day in and day out. And, and again, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Well, we, we thank you for providing those great words uh, and really acknowledging us. But I'm going to go back to Mike when he says, wind down Wednesday. The sad thing about it, he was telling the truth when he said you had him at the wind down Wednesday. I know brother of Washington, Professor Washington, some say he does know how to relax. And so that wind down was perfect <laughs> for him. You got it. So he'll be there right on time. And you'll see his, his face. I'm trying to get out on the golf course with, uh, with, with, with Mr. Grant. Well, well, you know what? I'm planning to try to come down your way for uh, I talked to your AD, um, Ashley, who's, who's going to be here, by the way. Uh, I told him, I'm glad that you're coming to Atlanta so you can see some real football. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, Ashley and I are great friends and uh, I'm happy that, you know, they're going to, he, he's coming here um, to, 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 you know, just to be a part of this because they were here in 2019 and um, just, you know, happy to be for that. But yeah, we're planning to be down your way for the Jackson State it's like a September 25th or something. One of your first home game. Yes. And who, who are you playing? Remind me. Uh, Delta State. Delta State. That's right. Mm -hmm. And he has a golf tournament uh, yes, around that he informed me of. So my intention is to come down and be a part of that. That sounds like a plan. That's perfect. And to your point uh, and credit to Ashley Robinson, he was a part of Prairie View when it came in 2018. So he's been involved yep. in mixing it up with uh, several of the MEAC SWAC challenges and making things happen. And yes. I was there for that, and he made sure that I had a great time. I came back, and I felt I was with Charles. I felt I was part of the Jack State family because I'm, I'm telling you, they welcomed me like I, I was like, all right, this is good. I can get used to this. So I'm going to come back with John, make sure John takes care of me, and, and all is good. With that being said, the last thing I wanted to make sure they got out is – Give them information in terms of getting the tickets. Awesome. Thank you. Visit MiakSwackChallenge.com. MiakSwackChallenge.com on our website. And, um, you know, for tickets and information, as well as, um, you know, information as on college game day and the other activities that we have going on. Uh, so MiakSwackChallenge.com. No doubt about it. It's good to have you. Uh, Mr. John Grant, thank you for giving all that great information uh, in terms of the MEAC SWAC Challenge. And we look forward as it starts in Atlanta and ends in Atlanta. And literally, it starts everything in Atlanta, week zero, and then it ends in Atlanta, kicking everything off for the rest of the bowl season. Boy, you're talking about a great package to bookend it. And we get to do it with uh, Mr. John Grant, Executive Director of the Cricket MEAC SWAC a swag me act challenge as well as cricket celebration bowl depending on what you know side you know I love the way I love the way swag fans do that but they switch that name <laughs> around real quick the cricket swag me act challenge <laughs> no doubt about it it's good to have you this is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington Charles Bitch hope you enjoyed our interview with Mr. John Grant executive director of the cricket Swack me act, me act swag, <laughs> cricket celebration bowl. Well, you you know it. That's it. We'll be right back. Stick with us. We'll be back for our last second quarter number four. The inaugural Boeing Red Tails Classic is personal to me. It's more than a matchup between Tuskegee University and Fort Valley State University. My beloved father, Colonel Lawrence E. Roberts, was a proud member of the Tuskegee Airmen. 922 brave pilots, also known as the Red Tails, fought in World War II. The Boeing Red Tails Classic is more than a celebration of HBCUs. It's a reminder of the Tuskegee Airmen's valor and sacrifice. The first class of black fighter pilots who trained at Tuskegee Institute in Alabama during the height of Jim Crow, fighting for America, while in many ways, America fought right back against them. This inaugural Boeing Red Tails Classic, this football game, is for them. And it's quite special that this game, which will be played at the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama, 
opens the 2021 college football season on Sunday, September 5th at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPNU. When you watch this game, please remember its larger meaning, that it's for a group who advocated for themselves while still facing prejudice and discrimination in the segregated army. The Tuskegee Airmen story hardly gets told enough. I, proud daughter of a Tuskegee Airman, join others who champion their legacy and how they influence generations of black cultural and political leaders. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us. HBCU football experience is back in Atlanta on August 28th. College game day, the Coca-Cola fan experience, the battle of the bands. The Cricket Miak Swag Challenge will have it all. Visit MiakSwagChallenge.com for more information. This is Dr. Caville with Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Mr. John Grant, Executive Director of Miat Swack, Swack Miat Challenge, uh, and the Celebration Bowl. With that being said, I wanted to talk about HBCUProSportsMedia.com. You heard me tease that out when we came together as HBCU Black Media, if you would, and covering those that have a focus on covering HBCU sports and all things like I like to say the sporting HBCU diaspora, where we're debuting our poll rankings. This is the preseason poll rankings this week. Starting with the mid-major division, you can go to uh, HBCU Pro Sports Media if you want to listen to it. You can check out the Knights of the Roundtable. You can go to BCSN uh, to check that out where they break it down on a segment there. But we'll give you the top five, and you can get the rest of the top five, if you would, by going to either of those links um, to get the information if you haven't already. Starting at number five in the mid-major, you have Albany State out of the SIC. Um, they have their next game, 9-2, which is away, and they are at Mississippi College. 67 points, really tight in some of the voting here. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this thing matches up uh, as we continue to go. So number four out of the CIAA, their next game is 9-4, home versus Lenore Ryan, Six. Eight points, bringing us to number three. Going back to the SIC, uh, their next game is against Valdosta State, and that is on September the 4th. At number two, you have Miles College out of the SIC as well. So you see the SIC so far is loaded. They have three of the top five programs thus far. They also play on September 4th, and that is on the road at Alabama State. They have ninety-seven points. Number one was unanimous. 13 votes, 130 points. Out of the CIAA is none other than Bowie State. The Bulldogs will play uh, the meet team out of the meet. Delaware State on September 4th. Gentlemen, what's your thoughts on the mid-major poll for the HBCU Pro Sports Media as they view the poll rankings uh, as you see here? Starting with you, Mike. What are your thoughts? Oh, it, it's it's all good with a few exceptions. You can you can move Savannah State up. <laughs> <laughs> you can go ahead and comfortably and comfortably do that. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, Albany State. Um, you could also move them up. They've been a lot more competitive in the past. I'd say three years, and a lot of people give them credit for. They have actually um, in in their con. And they're head-to-heads with Miles. I believe they are three out of five. The last five times they faced Miles. They they lost last in 2019. They beat Miles in the regular season, lost in the, play, in, the, in the championship or the playoff. But the previous game before that, 
they've had a chance to get the better of miles. So Albany State had, oh, I'm sorry, Albany. My wife's from Georgia, so you better say it right. So you better, uh, they have a, a good culture in their football program. So I would move them up as well. Other than that, Bowie State, they've proven to me, they've been kind of the head honcho for the last couple of years. They deserve to start the season at number one. Can they reload once again? And I believe they can. Fascinating when you talk about what that looks like. I would say before I go to you, Mike, is uh, um, Charles, excuse me, is the fact Langston uh, is not in their top five, unlike the poll ranking that I have. And many of you talk about this. Looks like everybody else has a vision of Tuskegee that I don't have in the poll ranking. So we'll see what that looks like. Besides that, um, they have Tuskegee in the top 10, Langston in the top 10. Um, but you yep. can go get the entire poll, as you see here, just to give you some more indication. Go check it out on hbcsportsmedia.com or bcsn.net as well. Charles, what do you say? What about the top five program? Any concern of what you'd see uh, in terms of the voting tabulation? Uh, no. I have a great representation by the SAC. Oh, you take a look at Al Bannon. States, Savannah State, Miles, all there in the top five. So it looks like you're going to have quite a bit of parity in the SIAC. And you know how I feel with the CIAA. It's Bowie State until proven otherwise. They uh, have locked things down for quite some uh, for some time up there in the CIAA. Well, Jay Mack Mac agrees with me. It's Jay Mack agrees with me. It's Al Benny. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you perfectly fine. You know you got to get that in there. J-Bag speaks. We're we going to listen. Top five programs in the major division. Let's see what you say here. Number five, South Carolina State. Their first matchup is a big one. They're on the road to Alabama A&M, which is a top five program. So whether you're talking about Dr. Gaville's ranking or the bigger one with the media, H -Pro, HBCU Pro Sports Media, they have that as a top five matchup. But you're talking about a great opening game in terms of your home crowd. Man, that's exciting. And as you know, in the spring, South Carolina State finished three and one. 69 points, bringing us to number four. The Braves, all Corn State Braves out of the SWAC are in at number four. They jump off this weekend as we gave you some indications. So we get an early indication uh, versus North Carolina Central out of the MEA. And number three, FAMU, as a SWAC member, is up in here. And they have Jackson State in terms of that. They have 106 points, one first place vote. I don't think Charles believes in FAMU, but we'll get to see it play out on the field, and we'll give them a chance to give us thoughts. Number two, surprising to some, not many. While they have more first place votes, they didn't get total enough points to be number one. They play South Carolina State, as I said, they hosted. They were 5-0 and in winning uh, the SWAC and the Black College National Championship this spring. 121 points, seven first-place votes. At number one with 102 points, they view in, in the Big South as North Carolina A&T. Uh, they are away on September 4th if they play former university. Six first-place votes for 120 points, starting with you, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of top five programs? Jackson State is top 10. They are number eight. So you do get a top 10 matchup that opening week one, as everybody would say, down in Miami. That is a top 10 matchup, according to HBC Pro Sports Media. Um, they finished the spring four and three. So it's fascinating there. Um, just to give you some of those teams in the top uh, 10, if you would, what are your thoughts in terms of the top five? Was that Grambling in the top 10? Yeah, they had number oh, nine. Oh. Whoa. 0-4 in the spring, they have them in the top Grand, 10. Grand, Grandland, Grandland was in the top 10, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. People don't believe in prayer view. People don't believe yeah. in Norfolk State. Pr prayer view was not there. Norfolk State wasn't there. And, and you know what? Some folks, but now, apparently, you see some folks. But now, ap
They can't get no love. Well, you know, uh, everybody believes in fam. And, and, you know, I see this uh, fam there at number three. They're breaking in a new quarterback. They're leading rusher coming back. Bishop Bonnet, I think he only rushed for 400 some odd yards. But, okay. Uh, fam, you at number three. So, uh, but I agree with uh, A&M, Alabama A&M and A&T one and two. Alcorn at number four. I haven't seen Alcorn in a couple years now. Uh, and they are breaking in four new offensive linemen, but um, they can be explosive, but you got to protect Felix Harper. That's a great point. You talk about the offensive line play and people don't realize that, you know, yeah, you got Felix Harper and he is dangerous in multiple ways. But he is not the same type of player that if those offensive linemen are not busting and putting in holes so they can run the ball, you know, he becomes a little different type of player. So it'll be fascinating to see how that looks. Before I go to Mike, uh, if you talk about Pine Bluff and you want to push him in the top five, who are you pulling out? It sounds like FAMU, but is that the case? Talking to you, Charles. Oh, uh, yeah, I would probably move uh, either FAMU or Alcorn out of that uh, 3-4 slot because, uh, like I said, I think Alcorn is as close as as we saw them in 2019. I think they have some pieces and they have some some questions along the offensive line. Uh, FAMU, kind of the same thing. I mean, uh, when you're you're breaking in uh, a new starting quarterback, and although he does have uh, game experience, but essentially, it was Ryan Stanley's uh, Florida AM offense when we last saw him. So the questions I have questions with regards to uh, the how explosive Florida AM actually is. Brother Brian Gautier wants to let you know the fan used quarterback that you're talking about beat Ant. He did. He did. He feels they okay at the quarterback position. <laughs> no, so Mike, no, what are your thoughts? Yeah, on great point. Yeah, can can I ask that we put the top five up again? Yeah, thank you very much. Uh South Carolina State. Um I think you could take them out of the top five and put a UAPB at least at five. Yeah. Um they lost by an order of magnitude against Alabama. It wasn't a close loss. It was what 32 to 7. And I don't care what you say about the first quarter and who was competitive. They lost 32 to seven against Alabama A&M. So I think you could take South Carolina state out. They will be competitive. They will be one of the top teams in the MEAC, but I think the West has proven to be stronger. And I think uh, UAPB has enough of their offense and their defense to at least warrant um, that number five preseason ranking. So uh, North Carolina A&T, moving to the Big South. They've got Monmouth, and I forget who else. Monmouth has won that division with the last two or three years. They're going to play them. We know A&T will win the band halftime. But I will be interested to see how A&T fares in the Big South. Hampton has gotten no better than, what, five in that division? And I'll be interested to see. And if they are, let's say, five or in the middle of the pack, do we still keep North Carolina A&T at the top? Now they do play a couple, still play a couple of MEAC schools, uh, what North Carolina Central, I think South Carolina State, but do we still keep them there if they're in the middle of the pack in the Big South? I do have that question. They're not in an HBCU conference, so how do we rank them amongst other HBCU schools? Great comments, very intriguing. Everybody's chopping it up out here, talking about grabbing or grambling. People are having fun on grambling. Or it'd be interesting to see uh, how much are they able to bounce back. I know they'll bounce back, but to what degree is going to be interesting? Who put grambling at the top (laughs) there? What? I I don't know, Mike. I I, I just don't know. But the thing about it, it it was several voters. You can't just have one vote uh, to make it up there. So it's several folks that are thinking – a lot about Grambling, questions at the quarterback position, a lot of changes. Um, so there's and, the and, questions on the <laughs> offensive line play. Now, I know this yeah. is a major brand, and they are able to fix things, but can they do it this fast? And they have a heck of a front half of that part of their schedule. And so they got to find a way to navigate that and get the pieces together. Where, where was, where was Southern, where was Southern, Southern and Prairie View in that poll? Um, 
because Grambling has Southern is seven. Prairie View is not ranked. That's what I tell you. Yeah, Prairie View is really okay. close. Yep. Ooh, Grambling made use of that East Coast bias on them. Yes, they did. <laughs> that East that East Coast bias. We don't know anybody else. We gonna vote for Grambling. <laughs> like, <laughs> So stick with us on Tuesday. We'll come back for more. We're going to talk about the TV broadcast. We'll talk about CIAA as they release theirs. We'll talk about the fact that you'll have a record-setting number of HBCU games, over 125-plus games already listed for the season. It's my understanding there's more to come. That's going to be fascinating. Then I want you to do some homework. We're going to ask you, what are your top 10 HBCU games that are your must-watch games? For the season. This is early. I know things will change as you play a couple of games. You get in the mid part of the season as we do our uh, midterm grades. And then obviously towards the end, things will change. But right now, if you had to put your pulse on it, whether it's based on the HBC Pro Sports Media, top 10 poll rankings, mid-major, major division, include all of them. Uh, or if it's Dr. Deville's inside the HBC Sports Lab uh, poll rankings, let me know. Let us know what are your top 10 much must watch games this season we'll tell you all stick with us next tuesday so thank you for listening to inside hbc sports lab make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues i am dr kenyatta Khalil, the dean of hbc sports coming from inside the lab in the college of hbc sports with mike washington and charles bishop hope you enjoyed our guest mr john brant executive director of the cricket me swag challenge swag Miak challenge, if you would, for some people out there, or the cricket celebration bowl. Starts in Atlanta, ends in Atlanta. Should be fascinating with everything going on there. Again, we want to thank you for listening, Dr. Bills, inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday, Thursday. And we come back on Sunday as we will start bringing that. We'll break down what took place on Saturday. So check us out as we prepare to give you Tuesday, Thursday, and Sundays, you'll get everything you need to know. Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. On Sundays at 9 o'clock a.m., get up with us so we can give you all that you need on the HBCU sports culture. That is the Sporting HBCU Diaspora. We look forward to seeing you next week as we discuss the latest in the news. That's follow me, Dr. Nyata Cavill. That's D-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's on Twitter. Also on Inside HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Uh, Facebook is Inside HBC Sports Lab on YouTube and Facebook. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles. Horse. Mike. Lecture. Dismissed.